Welcome in to another edition of Home Field Advantage. I'm your host, Will Hyland. Here we are today, December 28th, 2019, the year of our Lord. I am here with my buddies, Anthony Daybach and Cameron Chiesa, the prides of Rockland, Maine and Springfield, Vermont, respectively. Uh, we used to run a podcast together back, geez, 2016, 2015, several years ago, about midway through this decade. So here we are, fast forward a few years, and it's the end of 2019, and you know we really just want to recap the decade that was in sports, given that we are all very passionate sports fans and have plenty of opinions to go around. Uh, so without further ado, just both of you say hi, and then we'll just get right into the content, because as Cam just said off the air, that's what he likes to do. He likes me to organize, and he likes to bark his content. So Cam, give us a hello. Hey, what's up? How are things in the 802? Hey guys, good to be here. Good to be with y'all again. Um, really looking forward to wrapping up what has been a, a huge decade in my fanhood as a sports fan and my career. And a lot of things have happened. It was hard making our list. I'm really excited to get into this and see what we think here, guys. It's been a it's been a hell of a decade across the board. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, as a as being a massive sports fan of a variety of different sports, I think the 2010s has really elevated a lot in terms of um, off the field issues, off the field like um, free agency signings, as well as like on the field moments that have just been absolutely mind blowing. Great. Yep. Yeah. Well, in that case, let's get started. Um, definitely uh, agree with both of you on those things. Uh, basically, what we did for our listeners is we broke. Broke it down into categories. We did um, kind of the top teams, the top uh, players, and then a little bit of the moments and the, the uh, things that we uh, will always remember as we head into the 20s. Uh, and then we also did um, a subcategory for each with each of the leagues, each of the four major leagues, I should say, in the uh, U.S., as well as uh, we did do some smaller categories with uh, individual sports and teams uh, that are outside of professional, whether that includes uh, the Olympics or college or single sports, anything like that. So I think the most logical place to start, because it's probably the most relevant at this time, uh, would be the NFL, uh, given that we're headed right into the playoffs. And I think, you know, being where we are and where we live, it's kind of always relevant here, um, the NFL that is. So if each one of you just want to give your top five teams of the decade that encompasses, yeah. So Anthony, I, yeah, I go ahead. That this was a pretty, um, this was a great way to start it. Well, and I was gonna say number one is absolutely a no-brainer. It's the New England Patriots. Like you can't argue the fact, like you know, just the consistency of reaching bare minimum the AFC Championship. And if that's your bare minimum, that's incredible. M- much less winning three Super Bowls going to four. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, I felt at number two made sense because, like, I just thought of, like, the real consistency. Once Russell Wilson came into the franchise, you just saw them, like, really go up. And then, like, they developed their defense, so on and so forth. And, like, they're always in the playoff picture, whether it be contending or um, actually just, like, you know, hanging around, like, bottom of the playoffs. Number three... Um, it was hard for me because there haven't been too many teams outside of New England that have had multiple wins. But I picked Pittsburgh because 
they have like the winning seasons are they pretty much win every year um and their playoff appearances i think they have six playoff appearances so i think that made more sense like over half of the decade they're in the playoffs um number four the new orleans saints got a super bowl in this decade so i felt that was pretty easy and they're very consistent in um like their record in drew Brees and michael thomas and the plethora of other weapons they've always just been really good and number five is the Dallas Cowboys. No, I'm just kidding. The Denver Broncos. Oh, I, I was going to say. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys consistently let people down. So, and they are consistent, just not in a good way. But um, the Denver Broncos, um, they've made two Super Bowls and been to, you know, numerous playoffs mm-hmm. throughout the decade. So I felt that, um, like, it just made it made a little more sense. That's really it. Well, you know what, Anthony? Well, I got to jump right in on that. Sure. Um, okay, go for it. I had I had the exact same as Anthony, literally one through five. So if wow, you, really? Yeah, I oh, was word. like reading through. I'm like, oh wow. Well, I, fellas, the, the funny thing is, there, fellas, Anthony and I. I'm listening to Anthony's list, and I guess Anthony, Will, and I, all three of us, we agree on four out of five teams. Yeah. Definitely, our order is a little different, Anthony. I have New England number one. Um, that's anybody with a pulse should get that right, no matter how much of a Colts fan you may be. Um, that was that was pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, best quarterback of all time, probably the greatest dynasty of all time. There's this domination since Tom Brady's rebirth with his new TB12 method. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy. Um, number two, I actually have Pittsburgh at number two. Okay, maybe a little high. Uh, I just trust. I think after seeing everything with Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin's is grossly underrated as a coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big Ben's a, is one of the better quarterbacks of our generation. And they they're consistently in the hunt for the playoffs. Sidebar injuries. Mm-hmm. Three you have New Orleans Saints. I think Drew Brees is uh, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, he puts up the big numbers, and they're always right there. The big Super Bowl win against Peyton Manning. That was um, at the end of. Oh no, that was the very first Super Bowl of this decade. There you go. That counts. Yeah. that counts. That counts. That counts. Two thousand eleven. The onside kick. Tracy Porter pick six. Yeah, yep. um, big part of that season. Um, I have Seattle at number five because they had a terrible start to the decade. Yes. Uh, pre Russell Wilson, they were pretty much six and ten to seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, side by the Marshawn Lynch run, they beat the Saints in that playoff game. Yeah. Um, but I will agree. Post Russell Wilson, they've been a dangerous team. Obviously, beating Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl in Denver. I don't see Denver because. Besides the Peyton Manning years, I know it wasn't really all Peyton, but they had the defense. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty. They've been pretty bad before and after. Yeah. Um, I know Tim Tebow might have a playoff win. We'll talk about Tim Tebow later, probably. But I actually have Green Bay. I have Green Bay in that spot That's instead fair. of instead of um, Denver. Yeah, I know Aaron Rodgers has underachieved slightly. Um, he's been injured. They've had some bad defenses, some really bad coaching with McCarthy. Mm-hmm. But not much in the way of targets for... Agree. And besides, you know, they haven't been consistent lately. But yeah. when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL on your team, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you have a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. Um, I think that's my top five. So that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Honestly, Cam, I can't argue that. No. I mean, and I had Green yeah. Bay and Pittsburgh. I basically had Pittsburgh and Green Bay kind of competing. For, I mean, uh, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay kind of competing for that last... Sure. Because as... as as much as the Saints has have underachieved in the past like few seasons with the bad playoff losses, they definitely deserve to be up there with 
Seattle and New England in terms of consistency. And the two cater- the two criteria that we had were dominance and consistency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of came down to Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Denver. And you're like, okay, so Denver Denver beat New England in two AFC title games. That that kind of ups ups their resume. But and but then Pittsburgh also lost to New England in the, in the AFC title game, and yeah. they never they didn't win a Super Bowl this decade. Yeah. They lost. I, I considered um, how like deep playoff runs, not just Super Bowls, but also deep playoff runs. Like Will said, to um, being the Patriots twice in. AFC championship and then like Green, and Green Bay also had some poor luck too. Green Bay, you know, they they are a special teams play away from beating Seattle, and 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 instead of it yeah. being the Malcolm Butler game, it's who the hell knows what game it was. Yeah. You know, Anthony, you brought this up, and hey, sorry to cut you off. Well, I think no. one team we're definitely definitely forgetting about is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, because they won in 2011, right? Well. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying in terms of being the Patriots, not quite yeah. the second, but in general, they've been pretty competitive. I think Baltimore would be in my number six. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we got into the whole deal about luck and playoff runs. Yep. You know, the Saints are the worst NFL missed call away from being in a Super Bowl against New England. And probably yeah, and winning, to be honest. I yeah. mean, they probably do. Jared Goff and uh, Sean McVay took a crap yes. on themselves in the Super Bowl. And, and also, um, when Marcus Williams missed that tackle on Stephon Diggs, too. Another great – yes. They probably would yes. have competed oh against against yep. Philly, unlike Minnesota. Yeah, totally. Those are all all great points. I, I really like – I think that solid top five or six really works, and there's, mm-hmm. there's really no way you can do that. Um, so with players now, with NFL players – I um, get my list ready here. NFL players, okay, number one. This one's tough, man. This is no, it's tough. NFL's got a lot of parody, man. It's tough. Uh, yeah, it is. Number one, though, I mean, really. Yeah. Come on. Tommy Boy. Okay, yeah, Tom okay. <laughs> we don't need to have that discussion. And look, Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, when you win three Super Bowls in your late 30s and four, in early 40s in a decade, a decade after you won your first three, I think. It, and he's seemingly just gotten better, like, in terms of, throwing in terms of like just mental quickness yeah. and like i've noticed his running is honestly kind of better in like the last part of the decade than it was early in his career yeah. well, and, th- not that, man, and think I about, you, think about this deal. guys one of the themes that i think will come up a lot during this recording is the fact that um if you look at where okay well where were we 10 years ago 10 years ago the patriots hadn't won a super bowl in five years Brady had been kind of average in 09. Yeah. I mean, he was coming off an injury. He had missed 08. 07 was a letdown. 2010 season, heading into early 2010. The fir- the decade began with the Patriots getting blown out at home on Wild Card yep. Weekend. So to think about what happened after that and like eight straight AFC title games, winning the division every year, winning three Super Bowls. I mean, you just look at that and you're like, okay, we are in – a much better place than we were 10 years Absolutely. ago as a, as Patriots fans. And I know that sounds weird, but it's just how it is. Um, so who'd you have at number two? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, I just felt because he hasn't benefited from like, say some of the things Tom Brady's benefited from like better teammates and great coaching. But I thought just like given what Aaron Rodgers had to work with and some of the numbers I've seen him put up and just some of the plays I've seen him make, like it's absolutely incredible. Like Aaron Rodgers is a top tier elite talent, period. Who was your three through five then, Anthony? Um, I would say 
based on growth and playoff consistency, I saw I put Russell Wilson at third. Might surprise some people. Um, but then, like, I tried to focus on consistency of production. Julio Jones, I put at number four. Oh. Julio's been rock solid. Nice pick. Yeah, solid. Julio's been rock solid his entire career. Even when the Falcons haven't been very good, Julio is a reliable target. He doesn't really drop the ball. And he's just, he has all the tools that a receiver needs to excel at the NFL. And then um, number five, I had like a ton of players that I really considered for this. This one will probably come as a surprise, but I thought Marshawn Lynch was super impressive in the 2010s. Like, um, up until like his last one or two years, like, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch was elite. I considered also people like Adrian Peterson, to be honest. I, like, Adrian Peterson's first half was just yeah. ridiculous. No, like, first I can, half I, if you're going to pick a running back, it would probably have to be AP. But yeah. I can see why you would argue Lynch, I guess. I don't like running backs in this list, guys. I don't, I don't see yeah. it. I, I, Who do you I, have? I think maybe if we're talking about most impactful players mm-hmm. in a I, I consider Gronk, too. I had Gronk. Well, yeah. Well, can I can I go chime in against your list there? Um, yeah, go two through five. Yeah, well, obviously Tom number one. Uh, we agree on Rodgers. He's number three on my list. He's definitely okay. in the top five. I think he's an easy Hall of Famer. Kind of, I wouldn't say choke away any playoff runs. He's had not much help. He hasn't had the, the Bill Belichick or the Patriots management. Uh, number two for me was Drew Brees. Okay. I think I think Drew Brees gets overlooked a lot with yeah. Tom Brady being existent. Um, Drew Brees to me is he's he's forty years old, and throughout this whole decade he's been putting up monster numbers. They've been in the playoffs most of the time, mm-hmm. and with the exception of Michael Thomas, he hasn't really had much. I mean, look at Jimmy Graham now without Drew Brees; he's very yeah. mediocre. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a product of just being a great quarterback. Number four might be the surprise of the night. I went way outside the box and went Darrell Revis. I thought about Revis, and here's why. Okay. Here's why. For three years, he took off one half of the field. Yeah. For three full years in the NFL, the best football in the league, mm-hmm. he shut off one half of the field. Quarterbacks would not throw on his half of the field yeah. for three years. Come yeah. on. That had he would shut down like he, would, he shut down Randy Moss in New England. I mean, the, and that Randy Moss passes to power that play, but still, bottom line, for – for three years, you could not throw at him. So, see, I would if we were doing this list in 2009, I would say Darrell Revis, even though he was at the end of that decade. As far as the 2010s, I mean, like, he had a good year in, like, 11, 12. But, like, really? Obviously, I'm back, I'm back loading that, Will, with the, yeah. with the first half, obviously. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so my five were, I oh, think. Lord, we're, you missed my last one. Oh, I sorry. Squeeze one more. Sorry. I had to squeeze one more in. I went Rob Gronkowski, yep. just barely over Peyton Manning. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, see, I, I agree. I think Peyton Manning was more of the O's. So he was more no, of like no 05 to 2010. It was like Don't Peyton Manning. Don't forget he set the passing record, though, in, in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, time. true, true. So, yeah, he the early part of the decade was definitely Manning, especially mm-hmm. like 12, 13 with Denver. Those two years were oh. like. Anyway, so I had Brady number one. Obviously, we talked about that. J.J. Uh, Watt at number two. I know kind of a – I think he was hurt a lot. He was hurt. But, like, when he was on the field, people game planned for him. Like, how often do you game plan for a defensive lineman? Not often unless it's somebody like Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt. So, anyway. And plus, I just like the guy. Like, I used to hate him. But then he did the whole, like, charity thing. And so, like, 
he's kind of been likable, but I don't know. I just I think he was more, he won an NFL MVP I think in fourteen or fifteen as a defensive player. What? He was on MVP. He was Defensive Player of the Year. I thought he there won an MVP. Talk, no, there was talk about MVP. Oh. They wanted it. But uh, I think he finished like third in voting. Yeah, he never won the MVP. Are you sure? Well, actually, uh, I can fact check that right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, think, I thought J.J. Watt won the MVP. Uh, he, we wanted to give it to him, but I don't think it happened. Anyway, so. The end winning it is tough. Uh, yeah. You're right. He was man of the year, though, in 2017. Well, I'm not doubting his ability. I think it's a great pick. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Know, the health part is an issue with me. But go ahead. What else you got at three? I got – so I had um, I had Aaron Rodgers at three as well. Okay. Um, I also had uh, – I don't know where you guys went on my screen. So I'm just trying to figure out where you guys went. Oh, found you. Sorry. Yeah. So I oh, had God. technology, and here we are at the end of the decade, and we still ca- still can't figure out how to video chat. Anyway. Don't get me started with that technology. So then I had Aaron Rodgers at three, and then at four, I had Gronk. Yep. And then at five, it was close. It was like down to like Drew Brees, Russell, or Russell Wilson, or Peyton Manning, one of those three quarterbacks. Because I tried not to have it be too quarterback-centric. I also thought about Calvin Johnson. So I was like yeah. trying to like narrow it down, and I was like, you know what? Uh Drew, Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees. Russell Wilson's phenomenal, but I just don't think, I just don't think he transcended. I I wanted to put him, but it's like he wasn't. He didn't have the stats. Like Drew Brees just had the stats. Like he yeah. he had the they had the same amount of rings. It was just like Brees had the stats, and that's kind of what it is to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I did kind of go off a little on, on intangibles, and I'll admit I overlooked Drew Brees. Like Cam said, it's one of the most overlooked players in NFL history, and he really is. But, I mean, Drew Brees, yeah. I think, is the first ballot Hall of Famer, or he should be. No uh, question. Oh, easily. Great NFL section, guys. Really enjoyed it. Now we're going to move on to the NBA. We've got Nick here, former um, talent from the Sports Guys Season 2, specifically. Um, so we had a great, great uh, discussion about the NFL top five players, top five teams, just to loop you in. Uh, now, if you don't mind joining us for the NBA section, we'll have Anthony lead us off again with the NBA. All right. So, number one, I picked the Golden State Warriors for NBA teams just because for just the four-year stretch, they absolutely ran it, like, really with not much of a challenge. Um, number two, I did pick the Miami Heat because the first – essentially the first half, they had the big three, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. It's pretty easy. And um, they have had, like, a few solid years um, post the big three. So that was one thing that factored in. Um, also, three, San Antonio. Like, mm-hmm. dude, they have, they've been to two yeah. finals. And they've pretty much always been, in the, they've always been in the playoff picture. And this year is, like, the real obvious decline in San Antonio. Because the last couple of years, we didn't really know with them. But it's, like, Greg Popovich coached team. It's like it's hard to bet against them and what yeah. their ceiling and potential totally. is. Um, number four, this is hard. Th- this was difficult because I had to think of teams that actually won the title outside of Golden State and Miami, and won Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. for yeah. three years, like they had the East on lock once LeBron came back, and then coupled with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and um, their rotating supporting cast, I just felt that made sense. And number five. This one was pretty difficult, but I actually picked the Celtics. 
because because they had two or three solid years in to start off the 2010s, but then they had a rebuild. But the last three years, the decade, they've been playoffs and okay. conference finals. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I actually – I didn't have them, but I can see that. You know, like, can, I, can I comment, please? He yeah. backed it up. Okay, so for the basis of time – Nick, uh, Cam, just go through your five. Nick, go through your five. I'll go through mine, and then we'll just hash it all out at the end. Okay, so am I up? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Okay, so first of all, Nick, Merry Christmas to you. Good to have you here. Good to see you. Um, NBA here, Anthony and I, Anthony, we're on the same page, brother. Warriors, probably the most, since Michael Jordan's Bulls and Shaq and Kobe's Lakers, yeah. aren't maybe more dominant than the most dominant dynasty yeah. I've ever seen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's been impressive. In the modern era, of course, besides the Celtics yep. and all that back in the day. Uh, number two, I actually have San Antonio number two. Okay. Ultimate consistency, taking down LeBron and the Miami in the finals. Yeah. Really impressive to me. I think one of the best coaches of all time. And I think a team of overachievers, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, probably two of the most overachieving guards in NBA history. Yeah, definitely. In terms of just what they – what they were expected to be, where the draft status was, and yep. what they accomplished. I, yeah, in their solid career. Spurs. And then we have obviously the Heatles, Miami Heat, number three. You know, really, in terms of like that hits home with me in my um, this decade free because it was at the end of my high school career, and just how much of the headlines, how dominant they were with D Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron, mm. all those veterans. Yep. Mike Miller's 23 points off the bench with the one-shoot shot. I think it was game six of the finals. Mm-hmm. I actually have Cleveland on there as well. Um, mm-hmm. The city of Cleveland and Dan Gilbert can thank LeBron James for their entire relevance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, just call it what it is. Yeah, LeBron willed them down 3-1 2016. And I, I told Anthony, and I think I told Nick this as well in private chats, I am a known non-LeBron James fan. I am not a fan of LeBron James at all. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his antics. I'm not a fan of his complaining. But he earned my respect in 2016. That he brought his home city down 3-1 against that team. Incredible. He That block he had in Game 7 was like 20 seconds oh, left. Yeah. Saved them. Mm-hmm. That was, that yeah, was clutch. That's going to be on film for a long time. Right. And mm-hmm. number five, where we can really have some debate, I'm gonna say I'm the big I'm one of the biggest Celtics fans on the planet. I don't think they're even in the top ten on this list. Okay. I actually have Oklahoma City Thunder as the That's five fair. spot. They yeah. went to the finals in 2012. They uh, should have beat Golden State in the uh, Western Conference Finals, I believe it was. Uh, they've been in the playoffs. They have had three of the top ten Is players on their roster in the last ten years. Yeah. Obviously misused and underachieved. We'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. no, the the in the playoffs, so I think that's really something that should be worth a five no, spot. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think Boston had. No. I mean, I think Oklahoma City Boston? had a higher ceiling Stop. than Boston, so I really can't argue that. I think I definitely overlooked Stop. that. Yeah, um, I, for sure. I think, I think um, my list is pretty similar. I mean, I think the four. I think mean, Nick will be interested to see. Okay, basically. I had the same as all you guys. I had Golden State, Miami, oh, yeah. San Antonio, Cleveland. Pretty straightforward. Uh, five. Mm-hmm. I actually had Houston Rockets. And yeah, get, it's because the, the second half of this decade, they were really good in the regular season. And they competed. I think they never really came to fruition in the playoffs. But I think Harden and company made them legit. 
in the second half. Um, so that's my five. A close Oklahoma City was good. Nick, who'd you have at five? I think because I'm pretty sure you had the same four as we did. Five. I'm really tempted to say uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been really dominant. But I'd have to say, you know, it. I really have to be the Thunder. It'd have to be the Thunder. Yeah, they had a big, go. they had a big run, and they were just so always consistent, really competing out in the West. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Besides, I mean, the top, the top four teams. They were. I mean, we all agree that they're. They deserve to be there. I mean, no they had all. All four of those teams had the five years of just dominance where they're transcending the NBA. So, and just so I'm clear, you're going with my pick as well, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. That, was, that was pretty close. I mean, between those two, it was um, – it kind of came down to the final there. Um, mm. All right, so that was a great, great team segment there we had. But with NBA players um, – <laughs> This, okay, so just for the sake of time, because I know especially Daybok and Camp could spend an entire hour on this alone. Um, yeah. But considering there are several other sports and segments that we'd like to do, you know, within this hour or so, um, let's just just list them, and then we'll take you know five or so minutes after we each went just list, then we'll debate after. So I'll start with my list just to set okay. just to set a pattern. Um, I had LeBron number one. Uh, Cam, I kind of echoed everything you said about three minutes ago when it comes to LeBron. Um, but there's kind of no, he is our generation's best player. Uh, if you were born in the mid nineties, like we were, uh, you've kind of grown up with him. So he's just number one and he probably would have been number one for the decade before, although you can make an argument for Duncan the decade before Duncan and Kobe. I don't know about that. Mm. I said, you could make an argument. I said, probably. Go ahead. I I'll think the the 2000s would probably be Duncan and Kobe, um, no and I and I AI. But right, anyway, so then I had Curry two, uh, Durant three, um, Duncan four because of the Spurs at the beginning, and then Harden five again, kind of like the Rockets. At the end of the decade, he kind of became James Harden. Russ Westbrook was also it was kind of like this at the end. And same with Wade. I wasn't really sure. Um, but that's kind of well, how I went. Okay, just list, and then we'll debate after. Well, I just, quick comment, I want to say that's a great list because I agree with most of them. So I want to go okay. with that. Obviously, great. LeBron James, number one. Um, he's the best player of our generation. Number two, Kevin Durant. I think he's the best mm-hmm. scorer of the 2010s by far. Gang shot you want. Uh, number three, uh, Stephen Curry, no question about it, changed the game. Number four, James Harden. I think he can get anything he wants in this modern NBA. He's incredible. He's he's the best two-guard I've seen since Kobe. Um, number five, this is more of a bang-for-your-buck type of deal. I got Kawhi Leonard, number five. Yeah, yeah. Pretty two hard to argue with Kawhi. Two different franchises, first title in the for the country of Canada, basketball-wise. Come on. Mm. He's probably been the best two-way player yeah. as well. I think Kevin Durant's better, but in terms of the last I mean, two years, Kawhi Leonard's been the man. And even yeah. he was even like the fourth best player on a team full of superstars. You know, he even in rookies. Yeah. yeah, that means something to me. Yeah, uh, who'd you have, Nick? I have LeBron, Steph, 
KD. And then, you know, I think it would go Westbrook. He was, he's just been – actually, no, no, Kawhi and then Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook, that's, I mean, that's solid. It's Westbrook kinda... could just get whatever he wanted, when he wanted, and the triple doubles. Oh, yeah. In a single season. That, and he's that's, probably that's – and I'm not a huge basketball knowledge guy. I'm really not. Like, my knowledge of basketball is not as high as you three. But I, I would say that Russ not only could score, but he could also distribute the ball, unlike a lot of people in his yeah. – um, I mean, you don't get triple-doubles like that if you can't get a sense. You, you can't average 10 assists a game and be truly selfish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, speaking of point guards, fellas, we talk about point guards that nobody really appreciates. Once again – I am not a Golden State Warriors fan by any stretch, yep. but I'm a high school basketball coach, and watching what Stephen Curry's impact has had on the youth today, Stephen Curry has changed the game. I, I would argue Stephen Curry is the most influential player since Michael Jordan. He has yep. completely changed how we look at basketball, what's a good shot, and what is what it means to be a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, analytic, if, analytic, if you make 402 three-point field goals in a single season, which he did, mm-hmm. you changed the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Anthony, who would you have? I actually – I knew this was going to happen at some point. Cam and I had the same one through five. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, so that's the thing. It's like happened. we make these lists and like when we all reveal <laughs> – oh, you missed it, Nick, earlier because you weren't on the air. But Anthony had Marshawn Lynch as a top five NFL player of the decade. <laughs> Uh, that, but that's honestly, that's the only thing we've really disagreed on. I mean, when, when it comes to it down to it, the NFL and the NBA are probably the two most popular leagues in America and Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Canada because yeah. they got hockey, but you know what I mean. But if you take yeah. the four North American leagues by themselves, they're definitely the mm-hmm. two most popular. And I think we kind of all, with our knowledge, just acquired the t- same kind of – those two were very cut and dry. And I think it's a good segue into the third because I know, like, Nick and I are more of hockey people and you guys aren't as into hockey. Yeah. So, like, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Well, maybe you guys can just do teams if you don't know the individual players. Or up to you guys. Not a big hockey guy at all, to be honest. No. That's, but that's okay. But I think that's why Nick and I are here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot like the NBA, the NHL was also really easy because there was a lot of repeat champions. Um, yeah. The NHL, like, for example, between, like, 2011 and uh, 2018, bef- until the Capitals won in 2018, they had the same, like, four champions. You know, so yeah. you had you, the Chicago Blackhawks were my number one. They won three titles, 10, 13, 15. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins won in 16 and 17. And they also won at the end of um, the last decade in 09, which kind of carried their momentum. The Bruins, they won in 11, but then they lost in 13 and 19, so they were there. The Kings won in 12 and 14. They were also always in the mix. And then you had the Washington Capitals, who were always in the mix, and then finally won at the end. So I think those were kind of my top five. Mm-hmm. Hockey was pretty straightforward. Nick, did yeah. you? There's really not not too much to argue about that. The Blackhawks were dominant, and the the Penguins were always there, and then I'd have I'd probably have the Kings ahead of the Bruins. Yep, because they won by, more than once. Um, the Kings yeah. just were so dominant in the beginning, and now they're kind of there. And now the Bruins are really more dominant now, and um, you'd have to have the Capitals there too. 
because yeah. the Capitals just they they just couldn't get past the hump. Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and well, and here's the thing about Boston that I appreciate, and maybe you guys can just being Bruins in Bruins territory can, can do that. Yeah, but like for the Bruins, like they were really good at the beginning, and then in the middle of the decade, it looked like they were going into a massive rebuild, and then by the end of the decade, here we are, like. Six months ago, they were in the Stanley Cup final. So it's like they went from the beginning – the decade began. Actually, the decade began with them playing in the Winter Classic on January 1st, 2010. They were probably the best team in the NHL that year in terms of up-and-coming team. And then they get to the playoffs and they blow a 3-0 lead in the series. You know, And then you know they win in 2011. They're competitive in the early part. And then they get to the middle of the decade – and they miss the playoffs. They fire their coach, and then way too late, I might add. Way too late. To oh fire yeah, we, but we were we were fired. Yeah, we were firing Claude Julian on this podcast three years before he got fired. <laughs> oh, second board in college. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what Cam Neely was thinking. Yeah, so I think the Bruins, though, like that's they kind of deserve to be on that list, even though they only won one title, and everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, what may have won multiple, but they they were there. And then for players, I. I kind of had Sidney Crosby. You'd be—I mean, you don't even have to be a hockey fan, but he's like the LeBron of hockey. Yeah, and he not only is—he not only is the best player in the NHL. He's probably the best player in the world. Um, he's yeah. better than any European player. The decade began with the 2010 Olympics, and he won the Olympics for Canada against the USA with that game-winning goal in overtime, which I think uh. is probably one of the best moments in hockey history. Um, so he definitely number one. Ovechkin. Number yep. two, uh, pretty easy. Steven Stamkos, Tampa Bay Lightning, probably yeah, an elite. Yeah, probably an elite, probably the most elite scorer that um, that oh, franchise God. will ever see. Because I don't think they'll ever yeah, be able to keep a player numbers. like him ever. Uh, Zdeno Chara, four. I had him at four. I think uh-huh. even though he doesn't, he's not a stats guy. He's just epitomizes a hockey player, uh, and he was the captain of the Bruins for all the, all these years. And then I had Patrick Kane on uh, number yeah. five. Yeah. Pat Kane. Did you guys have anybody different? Any, anybody, did I miss anybody? Cause I'm like the resident hockey guy. Well, you know, Who's, I'm not yeah. going to claim to be a big hockey expert by any stretch. I think, I think you could really argue Stamkos at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, a weak argument maybe, but I mean, Obviously, Sidney Crosby's number one. Um, I'd put Ovechkin at number two. I think Will had him there. Yeah, that's where, uh, I, that's where I had him. Uh, I think Stamkos at two over over Ovechkin in terms of just just pure goals. I could be a little off there, but I remember facing the Lightning in the, in the playoffs, and just Steven Stamkos could, could literally change the entire defensive strategy. So I, I really don't have much to really add or disagree with that. I just really mm. wanted to say I appreciate Stamkos, even though he... It's definitely not a Bruin. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. I was thinking. I was thinking more. I I started thinking about it. Like, is it was it really a goalie that was more dominant? No. Did this decade no. did not have a goalie? I, mean, I thought about that too. Hendrik Lundqvist maybe, but I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. not really. He never won anything. You know, Jonathan no. Quick won early. He won with the Kings, but it's like okay, but then. I think about the rest of his career, and I'm like, no, not really. Not he's not enough to be a top five. You know, that's and, it. And to really, and to really make this list from a goaltender's perspective, you have to be able to 
change the game and change how the other team is going to score. The Stanley Cup, Nick, right? Mm-hmm. You got and you got to win the Stanley Cup. There wasn't no there wasn't a goalie for a period of time that I looked at and was like, okay, he changes, like he will win you a game, he will steal you a game, no matter the circumstance. This decade really didn't have it. Carey Price with Montreal didn't win anything. Clearly wasn't good enough to get into them to a cup. You know, then you had like Ryan Miller with the yep. Sabres. No. Roberto Luongo, we all know. No. Um, you know, uh, Ben Berdor. Bishop. No. Who'd you have? Marty Berdor. Marty Berdor. But, but he was more of the 2000s. Like, he was. That's he, true. Rask either. He was very inconsistent. Yeah, Rask. I mean, you really didn't have a goalie. This entire no. decade did not have. Yeah. Braden Holpe, no. I mean, like, there was no, just nobody had a goalie. So it was like, okay, your goalie was good. You're only as good as how good your goalie is when he gets hot. Exactly. So in hockey, it's not really like, the goalie is is really streaky. Like, the friggin' St. Louis Blues won with an average goalie, you know? So he would just happen to be good in the Stanley Cup final. So that's, that's kind of what, where I went with goalies. Um, and you know a good segue into baseball. It's kind of how it was with pitchers, yeah. yeah. In a way, so you know, in baseball, I'll start off with the teams. I think you'd be pretty foolish not to say the San Francisco Giants were the best yeah. team. They won three titles early on: ten, twelve, fourteen. Bumgarner, uh-huh. Tim Lincecum, Buster Posey. I mean, it, they they were uh-huh. the warriors of the first half of the decade in baseball. Yeah. Um, two, yeah. I had the Red Sox. When you win twice. And you compete. Mm. I mean, they were first, first, last, first, last, first, last a lot of times in this decade. But when you win twice, and then especially in the fashion that they did last season, uh, pretty hard not to put you at two. Three, Mm. I had the Astros. Even though they were terrible from like 2011 to like 2014, they were awful. Like, they beat the Yankees on the road. That was their coming out party. 2015, they beat the Yankees Mm. at the wildcard game. 2016, they were yeah. okay, not great, not good enough. Then 17, 18, and 19, ALCS every year. They won yeah. a World Series, even though they were cheating. Um, but they they just have some of the most dynamic players in the game. You know, Cam, you talk yeah. about how Steph Curry changed uh, basketball. Yeah. Jose Altuve changed baseball. I mean, yeah. baseball has always been the, like, it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. Just if you can hit 300, you're elite. Jose Altuve did more than just hitting 300. He was the, he was like the fastest guy on the team. He was, mm. who's calling? Is it Ghostbusters? I don't know. No. Is it no, work? No. Who needs no. work, dude? It's December 28th. Nobody's doing anything. Um, all right. So then, we, you know, Jose Altuve just changed. He changed baseball. He changed the way um, we look at players. Like, I don't think there will ever be a scout that's like, that guy's too short. Yep. Or at least there shouldn't be. Because mm-hmm. Jose Altuve is like five foot nothing, and he's probably the most pure hitter in the game right now. Um, so that's why I had the he's Astros. He's still breathing, but... Four, four what'd you say? Uh, I, I, he's up there, but, I mean, Mike Trout's a pretty good hitter, too. And... Yeah, I mean, pure hitter. Mike Trout hits for power. Jose Altuve is not... I wouldn't peg him a power guy. Yeah, okay. And anyway, but anyway, four, I had the Dodgers, even though they choked in the wow. playoffs past few years. And then five, I had the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They didn't really, they won in 11. I think 
that David Freeze game in 2011 where yeah. if Nelson Cruz had any hustle or heart, the Rangers are, won the World Series. But he jogged after that fly ball. David Freeze tied the game. And then David Freeze won the game in extra innings. I think that was huge for baseball. So I put the Cardinals on for that. What did you guys have for baseball? Uh, Nick, well, go ahead. I'll let you start. Sorry, Nick. Definitely the Giants. The I think the the Red Sox were probably two. They were just I mean thirteen. They just didn't lose. And then this not this year, but last year's team, they just didn't lose either. And, um, and when you don't I, lose, you win. And when you right, win, that was, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Actually, <laughs> someone fact check that. Not, no, I totally agree. I mean, that's the most simple way to put it, Nick. It's like they just last year, especially they just won. You know, they just won when they need to win. Who do you have for team. three through five? Quickly, De- definitely the Astros. They just they're just dominant the last three four years, um, and then you have the Dodgers, and then finally probably probably the Cardinals. So you had pretty much teams. the same top five as. I think, I think baseball is pretty straightforward with the teams. Mm. I Honestly, mean, you, had, you sprinkled in a couple World Series random stories. Like, with like, the, yeah, like Kansas City. Or the Cubs. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Honestly, I had the same one through five as you, Will. Like, okay. Well, I'm a little different. All right. Um, so, first of all, fellas, yeah, definitely uh, baseball, a lot of domination this decade. I won't beat a dead horse here san francisco boston houston top three world series champions being in the world series division champions no question there st louis number four um always always a tough team very consistent a professional organization yeah definitely number five i went a little different i'm gonna go kansas city i think um winning a world series for them being in another world series getting back to relevance is really what I was looking at. Okay. I personally, personally, I believe the Dodgers probably should be number five, but I just can't do it because it just underachieves so much to me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just feel like Kansas City, with their payroll, what they were able to do, yeah. to actually clinch the deal and win a World Series, that was enough to get number five for me. Yeah. You win the big game. I'm all about championships. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I really judge things. You win the big game. You win the big series. You're yeah. on a list. Yeah, I think and that that win against the Mets, they pretty mm. much balled out and did not let the Mets get in that series at all. Twenty fifteen yeah. World Series, like they yeah, were like, we're side. just gonna win the World Series and just take it right from you, and you're not even mm. gonna try. Kind of like the How Red Sox and the Dodgers. There's no New York Yankees in this conversation at all. How beautiful well, is that? <laughs> I mean, talk about underachievement. <laughs> that you know, I remember two years ago we're sitting here at Christmas time and we're like, yeah, you know, John Carlos Stanton, they're gonna win the World Series. Couldn't win. Last year, they probably had the best team. They probably had the best on-paper team in 2019. Uh-huh. Did not win. Could not win. They lost two game sevens to the Astros when it mattered. They couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Yankees, they kind of lull in there, too. They couldn't decide if they wanted to hold on to their veterans or be young. Zero World Series this decade. Mm-hmm. They didn't even appear. And not really a big threat, either, to be honest. Except for the sidebar, a couple of, maybe a push here and there, but... I never once thought, you know, the Yankee fans love to throw number 27 at us, Red Sox fans. Yep. You know, and I'm going to quote Anthony Daybach here. Talk to me since 2000. 
You know, how you doing since 2000? They had that one. They had the one-off title in '09 when the baseball didn't really have a com- competitive landscape. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, totally. The Yankees, especially in the tens, did nothing. They really didn't. Um, they lost to they lost to some pretty average teams in the playoffs too. Like they lost to that average huh. Texas team that was just full of mediocre players. That somehow won. Yeah, that was not yeah. a, that's not a good look for them at all. Yeah. That was no. And it's interesting. Like we've gone through all the teams. That- that have been so dominant in the decade and you look at um baseball which i mean if all the teams you listed had really good pitching really timely hitting mm-hmm. well, you said, and you've yeah. always said that that is so true and, and you're not baseball is not structured by money it's, yeah you no buy what you buy and then well, you look at, markets matter a little bit but there's no cap so there's right? no cap yeah. and really there's trade it is the best trading market of all sports yes hockey Hockey, it's if you're good, if you got really good young players, you're going to be really good for a long time. Because it, it's just how that. Talk about Detroit Tigers at all? They were competitive throughout the decade as well. They uh, lost the World Series. It was like they were a first half 2010 team, like when Miggy was winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, and they had that rotation that was crazy, but they I mean, just couldn't quite get to that next level. Which was, I mean, because David Price wasn't really a playoff. Never had the right management either, in my opinion. They, they had good pitching. Mm-hmm. They either had really good pitching or they didn't have the timely hitting that they needed. Mm-hmm. Or they had uh, timely hitting, but yeah. the pitching just... Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. I think, And that, that's a good segue into our MLB player discussion because I don't think we have to talk at all about who number one was other than the fact that he will... I'll, I have a note on him for the last topic, but... At the end of at the end of the, he it, Mike Trout is just going to be we're we're, we're going to tell our kids the same way our parents talk to us about like you know Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa except we'll talk to him uh-huh. with clean because he is yeah, clean he is probably the he won a World Series though he well, he does he has to at least he has to at least have some playoff success the one playoff appearance he has he batted zero eight three that's I. Using this word in the same sense as Mike Trout is blasphemous, but it's scrub numbers. That it does is. not cut it. Even in three games, if he batted 200, I'd be like, okay, that's fair. Because like, he carries the Angels. That's not good enough. Yeah. But, okay, but beside that, he is going to probably break the home run record. Yeah. Probably going to break the RBI record. Can he be healthy for a full year? Has, how many games has he missed? I don't know. Somebody well, looked that up. Wrist, wrist injury, wrist surgery this year again. I, I, yeah. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be that guy just to go yeah. against the grain. No mm-hmm. doubt he's been the best player of the decade. But yeah. I think, Will, you're a little ahead of yourself anointing him as all this. He's got to be healthy. I said man. he could. He's got to have, okay. have a playoff probably series. Will. I, have it, I have it pulled up right here. Last three years, 2017, he played 114 games. Okay. 2018, he played 140, 140. And then okay. 2019, 134. So maybe I'm a little overblown with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just – I need to see him. I stay corrected happily. But the, but the thing is if the Angels aren't in it, they probably don't play him every day in September because they don't want him to get hurt if they're not in it. I agree. No, I stand corrected there. I guess okay. I misjudged that a little bit. But. Okay. And then two through five quickly I think we'll probably end up having the same guys. I had Verlander, number two. I think he was clearly the best pitcher of the decade. Yes. There was not even a question. Yeah. Then I had Miguel Cabrera because early on it was like yep. every year he was going to win the batting title. He almost won a triple uh. crown. Uh, four, I had Harper. Um, 
kind of similar to Trout. He came on at literally the same time, but then yeah. he ended up, he didn't really win anything, but like he was the NL MVP in the middle of the decade. He was just kind of the face of baseball on the East Coast, at least, um, uh-huh. for most of the decade. And then five Ed Max Scherzer, because literally it seemed like no matter what team he was on, no matter where he was pitching, no matter what this stage was, he usually performed. The playoffs, he finally got over the hump this year when the Nats won. Yeah. And he was kind of like, okay, uh-huh. Bryce, you don't want to be the face of this team anymore. I'll just take that on me. Me and Rendon will go out here and we'll carry the Nats to their first World Series. So that's kind of my five. Uh, Cam, why don't you go ahead since you went last last time? Well, well, uh, I want to just I want to tell our our listeners uh, we do not pre talk about these lists at all. Um, mm. Will and I are pretty we're four out of five, buddy. We we agree a lot, my friend. Uh, mm. I have Verlander on there as well. Yep. I have number four on this list, but. Verlander, to me, was one of the most dominant pitches of the decade. He won in Detroit. He obviously won games in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I have Scherzer on the list as well. Once again, he won everywhere. He won in Detroit, got a championship in, in Washington finally. Miggy, when he was healthy and younger, triple crown, batting titles, 45 and 130 RBIs was pretty easy for him and a contending team. Mm. I don't have Harper. I instead have... The Peyton Manning of the MLB, Clayton Kershaw, on there as well. If we're talking just hey, and listen, and Anthony, I know, I know, we yeah. agree on this. He comes up slow to mini me every time in the playoffs. He does. Yeah. He, and he he looked good against my Red Sox in the World Series in terms of losing games for him. That's great. <laughs> but if we're talking regular season performance yeah. in a sport where it's dominated by pitching, yeah. you have yeah. to put Clayton Kershaw on there. Um, that's what mm. I got. So, yeah, right. I, well, actually, I pretty much agree. I I'm with you guys on all of them except I didn't have Kershaw. I actually put Jose Altuve there. I just mm-hmm. brought up some general like accomplishments and numbers. One MVP, got a World Series. Um, he's been a six-time All-Star. Gold like mm. one. It says one Gold Glove. And I mean, dude, the batting titles he has like averages, hits. Like it's just like the the Terry's been on consistently. The dude just does not really um, does not really fizzle out, and also his um, stolen base count is very very high, too. So like he, mm. he plays the game like very well rounded. But but Kershaw's yeah. playoff struggles are just what killed it for me. Like that's why like he would be six for me because like regular season, like you said, the dude is just lights out regular season. But I the agree. Thing is, the first hundred sixty two games of the year are great. But what happens when he has to play those series? Terrible. Nick, what about you? I've got uh, Chow, Verlander. Um, let's see. Scherzer's on my list. Uh, now I'm blanking. And pretty much everyone will have except I didn't put um, Harper on my list. But I did, instead of Harper, I put Ortiz on my list. He... He was just a difference maker. Every time he comes to the plate, I think it's the wrong red sock I'd put on there. Would you would you put bets on before you put Ortiz on? I don't know about that. Well, but, you know, hang on, hang on. It, you know, I don't even think there would be a red sock on this list because our championships in this decade have been by really by group, not by his domination. Yeah. Uh, four. We're talking oh four oh seven. Oh, Big Poppy and Manny are huge parts of that, no question. Yeah. I, yeah, because I think, like, last year's World Series was Nathan Ivaldi and Steve Pierce. 
And then the yeah. year before it was Shane Vic, and then the time before it was Shane Victorino and Koji Hirohara. Yeah, yeah. Ortiz. Ortiz oh, but yes, okay. So this is where Nick is right. In 2013, Ortiz in the World Series was he batted like 800 or some banana. Yeah, thing. Actually, I remember by heart it was actually 833 hitting the World Series. They couldn't. They tried. Is that to how many McDoubles you had in the decade? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one uh, that's a high number can't recall that one okay. I think it's I think it's interesting the the top four are pretty easily um they're pretty much cemented but the fifth spot's like we, we keep I debating mean, the fifth spot <laughs> yeah. you, you could argue this guy this guy's pretty good this do you want a pitcher do you want a hitter um, I want a pitcher do you want a DH no you, also, Ortiz was like really a 2010 through 2014 because like those last two years were a little bit of a struggle. But uh, uh, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, he hit, in 15 and 16, he hit enough home runs to get over 500. Right. So he did hit home runs. He just wasn't he was coasting though. Yeah. What was that? He was coasting well. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. He was dealing with the um, the injuries that I yeah. think it was like ankle injuries, something like that. Totally. I think, but I like that baseball list. I really do. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is kind of, okay, so that was the first half of the show, everybody. I know you've been hanging on. I hope, you know, by the time I, I said we were going to do this in an hour, it's been an hour and we're halfway through, but you know what? It's okay. The second half of it is more open-ended stuff, so it won't be as repetitive. Um, so the, the last thing we did is we broke down and we went into which teams, which individual teams, and hopefully you guys did this the same way I did were the most dominant across all sports. I have that for you, yep. Yep, so I'll start just to kind of set the model. I had um, I had the 2017 Warriors as probably the best team of the decade. I know, oh, oh my God, everybody's like looking at me like I'm nuts. Um, <laughs> it was tough, but I had to pick a Warrior. I felt like I had to pick a Warriors team. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if I was going to pick one of the three, it's probably that one because I don't yeah, think they're everything- 50. The 15 yeah. team was good, but I don't think they were as dominant as the 17 team. Um, and then two, I had the 2018 Red Sox because, as you said earlier, and as Nick said, they just won when they needed to win. Um, uh. Number three, I had actually had the 14 Patriots. I think the 14 Patriots with that defense with Darrell Revis, who somebody said was like the best corner. Um, Somebody you said he took. I think, uh, but Cam, I think you said earlier in the show that he took away half of the field. So that's pretty much what he did that year. Uh, you had a healthy Gronk all year for one of the only times he was healthy all year. You had Brady putting up decent numbers, not MVP numbers, but enough. You had Edelman um, having his first real year as the number one option. Um, and then it ended with the miracle interception. So I don't know. The 2014 Patriots I had. 20, I had the 2013 Heat. I thought the 2013 Heat were really good to, to knock off the Spurs in the finals and really get the yeah. monkey off their back that they could beat a good team like that um, uh. again. I thought that was huge. And then, um, actually, the number five, you guys, please don't laugh at me, but I watched this kind of stuff, and they were good. The 2018 women's hockey team in the Olympics literally <laughs> could not lose like if i'm sorry but i felt like i needed to put an olympic team on there so i thought about a team in the olympics I, actually it was it was either the alabama football team when they had aj mccarron 
which I thought they were like unbeatable when they had like Amari Cooper, Derrick Henry, and AJ McCarron or something like that. I'm probably yeah. ruining it, but whatever. Wait, the women's hockey team? 2018 they were domi- they were Olympic dominant. women's hockey team. They beat Canada in a shootout in mm-hmm. overtime, in an overtime shootout. And in 2014, they had a two goal lead on Canada in the gold medal game and blew it. So to come back, shove it in Canada's face, win, win it. And to win in a shootout and just prance all over Canada and was awesome if you're an American female hockey How do you player. like that, Drake? So that's, that was my five. I, I'm probably not the greatest five. That was actually the hardest category for me. But I'll let you guys quickly go through and then we'll debate. Yeah. Um, Will and I were honestly very similar. Although I didn't really know which heat team to put. So I kind of put the 2012 heat. Just because, like, they ran through the playoffs, like, just mm-hmm. ran through it. And, um, but we were pretty much all similar, except I had a different U.S. women's team. I actually had the soccer team. Because, there you go. Yeah, because, dude, like, I mean, barring all off-the-field stuff, that team just was running table. Like, legit just running that's table. That's true. There wasn't anything they couldn't do. Complete domination, Anthony. That's, okay, that's true. I, I did want to put an Olympic team, because yeah. they lost to Japan in the Olympics, I believe. Or something like that. Or they lost to Japan uh-huh. in the first World Cup. And then the 11 World Cup. But you're right. Yeah. They won in 15 and 19 in both years. Like when they played yeah. Japan in 2015 in Canada in for, uh-huh. in the final. They won like 10 to 1 or some ridiculous thing. Like in Hope Solo before she beat people up. Like she was. She, <laughs> she was. Rock like, solid in that. <laughs> she, you could not score in her. But I couldn't find a World Cup men's team to put on there either. So I was like. Yeah. I was looking, and I'm like, nah, Germany, no. I was like, Netherlands and Spain, no. no. I was like, they, and, they I, didn't win a FIFA, so and I honestly couldn't remember who won last year. I was like trying to think, and I was like, nah, can somebody tell me? I so, think you get your five. Who was the other one? What? I think it was France. Did you, France? Uh, did, Anthony, did you list your whole list? Well, I was same as well, one through four, except I had the 2012 Miami Heat. Okay, I, yeah. I missed that, sorry. Okay, was, cool. No, you're all good. Yeah, Cam, who'd so, you have? Oh, yeah, so, you're right, France did win. So I'm going to go, number one, 2017 Golden State Warriors, 73-9. and nine. Um, Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant, come on now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's just ridiculous to me. That's almost unfair, complete domination. Obviously, uh, there's not much to really say about that. 2018 Boston Red Sox, 106 wins. Yeah. Honestly, no. made it look pretty made it look pretty comfortable in the playoffs. I think we got a little lucky running into a hobbled Jose Altuve when we played Houston. Mm-hmm. Could be a different series if Altuve was healthy. Different conversation. I I think the 2012 Miami Heat was the better team. I have that okay. team on there. I also have the 2019 FIFA Women's Team uh, U.S. Soccer Team. Absolute domination. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. regardless of my opinion of the off-the-field business, in terms of on-the-field production, those ladies got it done, and it, it was not even close. I don't know. They, they, there were a few close games. When they played England, it wasn't... Well, okay. But I'm ta- okay, so yeah, there was the one game, I believe it was France. It was the, the questionable call, the handball that gave the PK. Is that what it was? I it was can't France, remember if it was game? France I think so. It was 3-2. It was 2-1. Bottom line, oh, the no, questionable was- handball call. It wasn't like it was the end result. It was, a, it, was a, it was a potential trip in the box. 
And oh, it was a PK are... they got, though. Is what I'm getting at. Oh, I'm not oh. a big, I'm not a huge watcher of soccer either, so I'm trying my best with that. And then <laughs> I believe that's my four. Number five. Whew, this was tough. Um, I already talked about this a little earlier. I had a, if I can cheat and do a tie, I'm gonna have the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. And the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. To me, that is the most impressive yeah. underdog story okay. win. You know, you beat the big three comes together and a group of uh, older Jason Kidd, Deshaun Stevenson, Sean Marion, Dirk Nowitzki, Tyson Chandler, uh, Paige Slyakovich on his last leg. Um, they <laughs> took care of business, man. They dominated LeBron James. Yeah. And showed up yeah. so small in that finals. Yeah. And mm. it was LeBron, incredible to LeBron see that. LeBron James was a legit third option in that NBA Finals. Dirk it, was it, unstoppable it, in that series, it, Anthony. Pam and I have talked about this, like, since we started rooming together. It's like Dirk Nowitzki couldn't get hotter that, um, that mm. playoffs. And then yeah. going to the finals, like, Dirk yeah. Nowitzki was just, like, Do we have best any, player. Do we have any strong uh, opposition to... 2011 Mavericks. That's kind of a no, one yes. I mean, yes. yeah. It's because they didn't do great in the regular season. But it, yes. that, okay, you missed, you missed the, 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 the championship. Team. Yes, the underdog what story. Yes, but in terms of dominance and consistency, like that team, They're I didn't. They beat the. They beat the big three. I'm just what saying. Else you won? Consistency, though, like they put it together in the finals. I mean, I, that's the best time to put it together. But it's well, not like there's nothing in the Western Conference Finals when they swept them. Does that mean nothing to anybody? It means something to me, but I swept them. Not, not. They went in seven. Not in no four. They swept them. Yeah, I don't know. But like, I'm not taking the the Mavericks were great. When you're (laughs) sorry, I have to time travel back to eighth grade to realize that the that the Dallas. You know that it's been a while. Okay, but think about think about how many other teams regular season were weren't like that. That's How many other teams were that good, like, in this decade, and then you picked the 2011 Mavericks? <laughs> that's that's, that's the point. They won the championship. Okay, <laughs> there were other teams that won a championship, and you chose There's the 20 other teams that of won all the teams. Nick, what do you have? What do you have? I'm curious to see what list you've come up with. Nick, go so, ahead. Same Warriors team, same Red Sox team, same Heat team. So let's get the first. Let's get the first three teams out of the way. Okay, good. What else you got? The fourth team should be the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. They're okay. Un, they're okay. unstoppable. That they're and better they, than the 2011 Mavericks. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, completely debatable. embarrassed. Debatable. They didn't beat as good of a team as uh, Seattle. Beat they beat the best man. offense in the history of the NFL. The 2013 Denver Broncos. They made them score eight points in the Super Bowl, and they only give up. They, I'm with Nick the on Dallas this. The Dallas Mavericks beat the best player of our generation. <laughs> Okay. And top five shooting guard of all time. Yeah, but you and just said, but you just, but you just said that the Mavericks, I mean the Seahawks, didn't beat anybody in the. Yeah, they did. They no, beat. I, I said not as good. I said I'm more impressed beating LeBron okay. in the big three. Okay, Nick, 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 next. Who is your five? <laughs> so according to you guys, down the woman, but then a notebook. Women's national soccer team. <laughs> okay. For just being so dominant. I, yeah, because I think actually the 15 women's team was better than the 19 women's team, even though they both won. I, I think the 15 did, women's team didn't really have competition that I can remember at least. All right. I mean, there was there, I was I was thinking either Alabama or Clemson for college football, but the, the problem with college football is there were like three good teams the whole 
and you can't yeah. keep the teams straight because all the players get drafted or transfer or this or that. Oh. And it's like that's the problem with college sports. Like it was hard for me to put college teams on here because I'm like, okay, what college team was that? I forgot. Like the 2014 UConn Huskies were really good, but they were really good in the month of February and March. You know, so it's like I don't really know. You know, so I mean, that's the thing about well, college teams. If you're going to pick any a dominant team, you're probably going to pick in a, one of the UConn women's teams that just ran through everyone or Baylor. That's that's a good with point. Brittany Griner when she was just unstoppable. But mm-hmm. women's women's basketball, I mean, there's three teams that run the sport, and that's about it. Yeah. All right, so for players, this just, again, kind of like what we did with the NBA players, just for the sake of time, just yeah. for everybody just go through their five, and then we'll debate after. I think that's the best way to do it. It was the best players of? The of entire the all sports, the entire best decade. Athletes. athletes. Wow. Okay, yeah. can I uh, start us off with that? Sure, sure. go ahead, Kiesa. Well, so number one, uh, Tom Brady. I think yes. that one... That one's maybe a slight bit of homer in there, but Tom Brady to me, you know, listen, three Super Bowl championships appearing in four, yeah, doing what he's doing at this age at the end of the decade, I think it's just really hard to beat that. Um, number two, LeBron James. Yep. Once again, not a big fan, uh-huh. but three championships this decade. He he's went to the finals almost straight, every year. Or I think it was eight straight NBA yeah. finals appearances. Yes, it was. Numerous yeah. all-star appearances. He literally put a city on the map. Uh, no, not really much argument there. Uh, number three, Kevin Durant. I know it's a little bit bolder, but when he got to Golden State, back-to-back Finals MVPs, mm-hmm. time champion, great scorer. Uh, I think the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I think that one's pretty straightforward. Uh, number four, look at my, uh, my list is a little no. bit crinkled up here. Uh, I have Drew Brees, number four. Uh, I've talked a lot about Drew Brees, so I won't get too much into that. And then number five, I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I've already talked a lot about those guys, so All right. I'll leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, um, solid. Cam and I are spot on one through three, but I kind of went outside of the four major sports for four and five because I had to consider general domination and just level of competition. I actually put Michael Phelps number four because he truly cemented his legacy as the most decorated Olympian of all time. Especially in the 12 Olympics. Huh? The 2012 Olympics, he kind of wrote the history book there. Yeah, definitely. Sorry to jump in. Even in 2016, he was still winning. Like, like, considering his age, too, he was still (laughs) doing that well. I think something has to be said for that in terms of winning, like, not just at the highest professional levels, but the highest you know, Olympic mm. levels. Yep. And number five, I also, for the same reasons as Michael Phelps, except he's not the most decorated Olympian, but Usain Bolt, at his age, yep. what he was doing, like, yeah. dude, Usain was still, like, like, he was, like he was insane. At his age, when, when that meme of him looking back, like, looking sideways, there's no one, like, even close to him. It's, it's honestly ridiculous. Mm. Like, you can't beat that. But Cam and I are the same one through three um, about Brady, LeBron, and um, Katie. Yeah. Solid list, solid list. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. But, yeah. Nick, who'd you have? Brady. Brady. Yep. LeBron. Lionel Messi. Yep. Yeah. Didn't win anything internationally, but he had the stats. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Serena Williams. Yep. I had her as well. That's true. She's probably one of the best women's tennis players of all time. She won 11 Grand Slam titles. 
this decade yeah. alone. You have yeah. to you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Katie Wadaki was pretty good in swimming. Yeah, Katie exactly. Wadaki was really good. I don't know how many medals she won per se, like specifically, but it felt like she won every damn. I think event. I think she won She won every event she participated in. That's a good. That's a way to go outside the box. I like that. And yeah. So, so mine then, were very similar. I think I had Brady, um, LeBron, Easy. I think we all had them. I also had Williams and Bolt. I think Williams, like I said, eleven um, Grand Slam titles Grand Slam. just this decade. Just grand slams and just singles, not even to mention uh-huh. doubles. And then Usain Bolt won six medals between the 12 and 16 Olympics alone. Yeah, um, Passes uh-huh. prime. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh-huh. you know, we talked about Mike Trout earlier. I had Mike Trout because I think he's just stats wise and just the way he carries himself on a baseball field is very professional. And I just think he, if he was playing in a market, he would probably be the most marketed athlete in America if he was playing in a better market than LA for baseball. Because mm-hmm. the thing about well, baseball is in Los Angeles, California. Well, I mean, the baseball the market Angels. when you play every night and it's not prime time and every, and it's all local markets, it's, you don't get. Wonder why it's not prime time because they're not winning. Yeah. No, because baseball has local markets on TV. Nesson is a local market. Does you can't get it if you don't live here. And so they get there, and they get everybody gets the same pretty much amount of ESPN games. The thing is, with Mike Trout, nobody appreciates how good he is because they don't see him play because it's on at 10 p.m. First of all, and it's on yeah. a channel they don't get. So nobody. Yeah, right. I was going to say yeah. the biggest shame of professional baseball. In one thing, like professional baseball viewership and marketing has gone down this decade. The biggest shame is that the best player in the game doesn't play in the playoffs because LeBron James, best player in the NBA there every year, minus last year. But, but, but even last year, he's playing for the Lakers guys. Like, come on. But seriously, Mike Trout just does not play in the playoffs. And if he played more in the postseason, it would actually help more baseball exposure. Cause I think baseball, I think they just have some marketing issues to be honest, cause of declining viewership and yeah. stuff. But um, I think if they marketed their stars a little more, and if Mike Trout can find ways this coming decade to um, get into the postseason more, I think it can really switch. Because um, the Angels made some good signings too. They signed Anthony Rendon, yeah. and he should really help them. Yeah, they won't be. But, they won't win a World Series. Yeah, that's the but problem, Tim. Anthony, the thing is, the thing is with ba- the thing is with baseball is that yes, you can have a dominant player. But it's not like basketball. If LeBron goes to whatever yeah. team he wants, that team's going to the playoffs. Yeah, in baseball, I know. No, I know what you're saying. But I'm saying you I just, it's a shame, Nick. I, I agree. You need more people. You need yeah. Yeah. 25 guys. Baseball team needs and, everyone more than anything. That's the thing. Ken Griffey Jr. couldn't win by himself. I think if even if he was playing for the Dodgers, I think that would actually be lend a better hand because the Dodgers – by the nature of their franchise, are more yep. of a historic team and have more of a national fan base because they right. used to be For in sure. New York. And, you know, there's more of a draw to the Dodgers nationally. Yeah. And the problem with playing for the game 162. Yeah. The problem with playing for the Angels is you don't get on TV because nobody cares about the LA Angels. That's the, just the problem. Yeah. In yeah. Baseball. Anyway, so I think that was a pretty good – I think we all kind of thought outside the box there with some mm-hmm. – um, I think – I think it's really well, interesting. We got another Do- Nick to Dom- uh, figuring out dominant players of the decade. How do you rank players? Do you rank them by championships? Do you rank them by 
did they change the game? Did you rank them by stats? Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I mean, heck, we didn't even you, you didn't even mention we didn't even mention hockey or any of the other hundreds of sports out there too. Yeah, totally. All right, so um, last part of this, um, the last part of this first part, uh, and for I didn't really word that well at all. The last ah. segment of this first part. Uh, is kind of more negative. It's not focusing on the best or the most yeah. dominant. It's focusing on the most disappointing and the biggest busts. Mm-hmm. So the top, I'll just actually, I think it's best if we do, if we list each the players and the teams separately, each of us by ourselves, and then we go back and talk about it. Just because okay. there's apt to be a lot of variety in this one alone. Um, yeah. So for the top five most disappointing teams, I had the 2011 Heat, for the reason that Cam said. Um, actually, going back to what Cam said, they were supposed to be really good. That was the first year that LeBron was together with all those guys. Um, and they lost to what, as Cam said, should have been an inferior team, but wasn't. So I'll yield uh. that there. Uh, two, I had the 2019 Red Sox. So pretty recent, maybe a little bit of recency bias there. Yeah. But I just feel like opening day, they... Did not do anything. They blew the game on opening day. And from yep. then on out, it was they started 0-6 or 2-8 and or whatever it was. And then literally never really gained their footing. I mean, they win three or four games in a row here. Then they lose four out of five. And then they win maybe six out of eight. And you'd be like, oh, here they go. And then they'd lose like 11 in a row. Like I just remember at the end of July, they didn't do anything at the trading deadline. They were maybe a half a game or a game out of the wild card. They were in second place, and then I want to say they lost like eight in a row, and then it was just like, yeah, not a season anymore, no competitive baseball. So I thought that was pretty bad. Um, I said I was going to go through this quickly, but I'm not. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll try and speed up. Uh, 2016 Warriors, if you, yep. if you win 73 games in the regular season, and then you have a 3-1 lead in the finals and don't win, that's probably a massive disappointment. Um, yes. I actually had the four, t- 2014 Bruins is number four. They won the president's trophy. Maybe a little bit of local bias here. They were clearly the best team in the NHL that year in the regular season. And then they get bounced at home by the Montreal Canadiens in the second round, which was just a travesty. Uh-huh. And then I thought outside of the box here, I maybe I'm cheating a little bit, but I didn't put a team. I put an athlete in a season or a spectacle. Sean White in the 2014 Olympics. He won gold in 06, yeah. gold in 2010, gold in 18. In 2014, he was fourth. He let guys that were like half his age beat him and run him out of town. And it was like he didn't even bother travel to Sochi, it felt like. So I just thought Sean White is the face of his sport. Showed up at the Olympics. Probably the best snowboarder we'll ever see in our lifetime. And just didn't show in 2014. Like, where, where's Sean White? I don't see him. And then he came back four years later and kind of erased it with an incredible run. But that's who I had for um, for right. teams. And then for players, top five busts, I had Carl Crawford, number one. When he joined the Red Sox, I bought a jersey of him for Christmas at the Rockland Olympia Sports. <laughs> and I was like, he is going to be awesome. He's going to run the Red Sox. We're going to – seven years from now, which is now – or a couple of years ago, we were going to be loving that he finished his career here. No. Couldn't make it a season and a half. He was absolute bust. He sucked. Wait 
waste of $25 back when jerseys cost that. Uh, yeah. Two, I had Jabari uh-huh. Parker. We talked about this off air before we started. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Never did anything. Had a one and done year at Duke. Sucked. I think he went to Milwaukee. I don't even know. Don't even care. Never really heard anything on him. Three, R.A. Dickey threw, had yeah. one good year. He threw a knuckleball. Everybody decided he was Cy Young. They went out. The Blue Jays traded Noah Syndergaard, who's probably one of the best pitchers in baseball, yeah. for R.A. Dickey, and he blows. He sucks. <laughs> he was he, awful. He had one year. It's like, wee, knuckleball. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, four, Johnny Menzel. Oh yep. my god. Johnny Menzel that sucks. That one hurt. Johnny Menzel blows. That sucks. I I'm, I hate to say it like that, but he's just awful. Like I, I I don't know, like he's just not a good guy. He doesn't try. He went to the CFL. He couldn't hack it in the CFL. A Heisman Trophy winner couldn't hack it in the Canadian Football League. Okay? He sucks. Uh-huh. And then you had Henry Owens. Literally, everybody thought he was – I wrote in 2015 that he was going to be the Madison Bumgarner for the Red Sox. I think he might be the worst prospect in the history of the Red Sox. He sucks. I hate Henry Owens. He was in double A four years after he was drafted. Two years after he made his major league debut, he finds his way in double A. Henry Owens sucks. Right. Yeah, well, that's not a good prediction by you. Okay, um, that that was my busts. You guys feel free to. I'll get. I'll yep. put. I'll put a time limit on you. Each of you have two minutes. Cam, okay. starting now. All right. Okay. So. so I'm gonna go teams first. Okay. So I'm gonna go. The biggest disappointment to me. This is way at the beginning. The 2010 Boston Celtics. Um. Coming off, you know, at this time, it was KG, Paul, and Ray Allen still there. Uh, game six of the NBA Finals, Kendrick Perkins goes down with a big knee injury. Oh, my goodness. Um, I still, to this day, believe that if we, if Kendrick Perkins is healthy, Boston would have two out of three, and Kobe would have four. That one hurts me as a big Celtics guy. 2019, mm-hmm. Boston Red Sox won't beat that to death. Kind of laid an egg. They thought, you know, 18 was good enough, I guess. And 19, I guess they weren't interested in playing. Um, not really sure what the deal was with all of that. Um, I also have on the list of 2013 Los Angeles Lakers. When they traded yeah. for Steve Nash and signed Dwight Howard, Kobe was still relatively uh, healthy. And there was high expectations. They ended mm-hmm. up very making the playoffs of the seventh seed. And they got swept by San Antonio. So that was a big issue, and that was virtually the end of Steve Nash's career and uh, Dwight Howard's short first tenure with the Lakers, and really Kobe's last out the year of his career. Yes. So that was disappointing. Um, mm. I also have the 2000 and I believe 11 Philadelphia Eagles, where Vince Young snubbed them the dream team. I, I, my year might be a little off, but the Philadelphia Eagles, when they had the dream team, when they had – uh, Michael Vick and Vince Young and Sean Jackson. No, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. This and that. yeah then they got bounced in the first round. Yeah, they sucked. They did. They did. And it just didn't work out. And my last team, this is definitely recency bias. I'm a big Damian Lillard fan. I really like how he plays. The 2019-2020 Portland Trailblazers, huge disappointment so far this year. I know okay. Carlos coming and helped that group. But after Damian shot against Oklahoma City last year, 
and they played decently competitive against Golden State. I thought there was going to be some next step for this group with yeah. CJ and Damian. Hasn't happened. So I'm disappointed in that. Players, I've got to tell you, this was the most fun I've had making a list. I love calling people out on their on their crap. Um, number one, holy God, Anthony Bennett, UNLV power forward. First of all, I want to preface by saying this. I'm looking at Will here. The, the real bust here is the Cleveland front office for thinking he was number one pick. It's an unfair expectation for a guy who's probably a late first-round pick to be picked first. But bottom line, he was the first pick, and he was hot trash. <laughs> Holy God. And just a sidebar, the Cleveland Cavaliers had that pick, and they picked – they had the number one pick two out of four years. They got it right once with Kyrie. Then they picked Anthony Bennett – or excuse me, Wiggins. They, they picked Wiggins, yeah. and they picked uh, Bennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just terrible. Number two, you get a pair of Florida State quarterbacks, E.J. Manuel and Christian Ponder. Holy God. What happened there? Both had solid collegiate careers. Christian Ponder went number 12. Okay. I forgot about that. He went that high. Wow. He He did. And he just never came. Obviously, never was competent. E.J. Manuel might have been worse. Mm -hmm. Never was hired number two in the depth chart, really, for a consistent amount of time. As a Gators fan, love seeing those guys fail, but still, terrible. Number three, Anthony and Will and I talked about this off camera. Derek Williams, the NBA yeah. player, number two pick, mm. never really accomplished anything in the league, never had the work ethic to get it done, yeah. just never got the results. I'm going baseball here, number four, Jacoby Ellsbury. Now, okay. Now here's the deal. He wasn't a boss his whole career, had a great career in the first half of the Boston Red Sox, for those who don't know. Uh, was a world was a was a MVP candidate. Lost to Verlander, I believe, in 2011. Yeah. When he signed with the Yankees, I believe he had one healthy year, but he's been getting paid money to sit on the bench and pretty much not be part of the team for the better part of the last five six seasons. Yep. I believe he yep. pinched hit in the wild card game a couple of years ago and like popped up. Just complete mm. utter waste of 162 million dollars. Holy God, how do you sleep at night, Jacoby? <laughs> Number five. I'm going to catch some flag for this. Anthony and I are going to probably go back and forth on this. I have Kyrie Irving on number five. And okay. not in terms of numbers or stats, yeah. in terms of leadership and impact. Yeah. Okay? Let me get into that real quick. Because for those who know me, I am not a fan of Kyrie Irving in any way. He <laughs> makes teams worse when he's there. The yeah. only time he's ever been on a good team is when LeBron came back to Cleveland. Before he was there in Cleveland, they were a lottery team. He saw, he gets traded to Boston, and he's supposed to take us to the next level, and he made us worse. They and were the number one seed. In the Brooklyn Nets, he's on the Brooklyn Nets right now. He's on the Brooklyn Nets right now, and they're better without him. Yeah. So they I are. just – numbers, I understand people are going to get on that. Numbers, he's great. He's great. He's really talented. He's an all-star. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an NBA champion, but he's not a leader, and you cannot win if he's your first, second option. Yeah, definitely first option. Correct. Yeah. So I know I was long winded there, but it's a passionate couple of topics. Yeah, that two minutes turned into like six, but that's okay. Nick, Nick, what you got? Uh, I'll go with teams first. I've got the 2011 Heat for the same reason Will said they should have won. I've got the Chicken and Beer Red Sox. Yeah, they were awful. Yes. They were really the 72 win Warriors team. The 23. 73, yeah. 73, still 
Still lost. Still underperformed. Yeah, well, they, they broke the record, which is 72. They don't have a championship. 2019 no, Sox. And I'm, yeah. I think I'd have to go with the 2013 Broncos. They're supposed to be world beaters. And they show up in the Super Bowl and lay an egg. They, yeah, they lay they laid an egg in the biggest game. Okay. Um, for players, I've got uh, Manziel, R.A. Dickey, Jacoby Ellsbury, um, Lamarcus Aldridge to the Spurs. He was supposed to be the Spurs are supposed to be dominant with him, and he really hasn't. And then I also have my last one's R.G. Three. I had, I so thought good. about RG three. Yeah. yeah, RG three was like good. wow. RG three is great. I mean, I actually blame the Redskins a little bit for rushing him back from injury, but I agree. Win a Heisman great. Trophy, and then just show up and like not produce, kind of like Johnny Mandel. I mean, he had, he could have had a second chance here, uh-huh. uh, many times throughout his career, and he just didn't do it. I I like that uh-huh. list. Okay. And Nick. Great job keeping it under like a minute. Love that. Gonna, <laughs> our listeners love that. I gotta gotta keep it going because some of us like to ramble on. All right, Anthony. All speaking right. of rambling on. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna I'm not necessarily going in order, but the 2019 and 2011 Red Sox, like the 2011 Red Sox, they blew a 10 game lead in the span of a month. Yeah, just they think were about awful. It. Yeah, like, I remember I saw them. They played Texas my sophomore year. I went to a game. We, we lost, like, 10 nothing. But um, 2019 Red Sox, the 2011 Miami Heat, like, the, like Cam's reasons, Will's reason, the Heatles. Um, and then the 2016 Golden State Warriors. Yep. It should not be really argued when you, when you dominate that much for the regular season and most of the playoffs. But the thing is, those last games really, really mattered. <laughs> But not enough, I guess. But, um, and then I was going to say also, um, this one is because I root for the Minnesota Vikings as my second football team, the 2010 Vikings with Brett Favre. They started off like a house of fire with Brett Favre, AP, Percy Harvin was doing really well. And then it just came crashing down within the last month and it did not go anywhere. Mm. But, um, and also for the players, I didn't realize that um, we could do free agents because I, I assumed it was like drafts. So I picked like a early draft picks, but I just put Carl Crawford in there because, I mean, come on. And um, so Johnny Manziel is pretty obvious. Like, dude was just god-awful. It was – it could have made me look decent. Um, Anthony Bennett, like Cam said, like Cam calling him hot trash is a compliment because that would imply that he would get hot in the game at some point. He was just ice cold every game. Um, then I – thought about it a little more um for drafting trent richardson the oh yeah just absolutely dreadful to watch I'm sorry, but, considering um, all the other alabama running backs have been generally pretty good he blows yeah Jeez. yeah trent richardson i was actually pretty high on back then too because i saw him at alabama I was like holy crap very impressive just um, like all the all coaches and yeah. executives yeah and then um I did put on Jabari Parker, but the thing is, I really debated with Derek Williams, but the thing is, Derek Williams never had Jabari expectations. Like Will said, cover of Sports Illustrated, and, um, but Derek Williams never had that. A lot of people just questioned the pick to begin with. Not many people were questioning Jabari Parker. Yeah. I want to I change one of my answers. Oh. I want to take the 2013 Broncos off and put the 2019-2020 
Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Talk about a disappointment. What? I mean, with all that oh, talent. My, if, you, if, you, if you bought that hype, yeah, that's if what you I was bought say. <laughs> with Freddie Kitchens as the head coach, besides the McDonald's menu, that guy can't figure it out. Okay, first of all, bus quarterback, diva wide receivers, overrated defense, terrible head coach, the yeah. worst run franchise ever. You thought a five ten quarterback was gonna get it done? Okay. Well, to spare Nick to make sure that he sleeps tonight, we're just gonna end the segment right there. So guys really enjoyed that segment. I think it's brings out the best in Cam when he gets uh heated and you know that's oh, the I best. Like I, I, those were the best uh, those are the best right segments there. back on the old show. So thank you all for listening to part one, um, where we discuss the teams and the players. Uh, now part two. Uh, will be published later, and um, it's definitely by New Year's Eve and by Anthony's birthday, but um, we will definitely have uh, more sports talk, especially this last shorter segment where we talk more about individual moments rather than teams and players. Uh, so thanks for listening to that. Catch you on the flippity flip.